because we got the alternative energy right. molecular free autonomy and welcome to the radioactive show produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network Hello, this week's Radioactive show was recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people. It was produced on Ghana land in Adelaide and is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. My name is Mara. As part of the Federal Government's push to find a site for the National Radioactive Waste Facility, they often push the argument that if you don't want the dump, you're against nuclear medicine. On this week's Radioactive show, we speak to Dr Margaret Beavis from MAPWA, the Medical Association for the Prevention of War, who dispels some of the misinformation that the government is spreading in their attempt to persuade remote communities to accept a dump in their region. I'm Margaret Beavis. Um, I'm a GP in Melbourne. I'm just last weekend finished being president of the Medical Association for Prevention of War and um, I lecture on nuclear waste issues at Melbourne University. Thanks, Margie. So just to start off with, can you please explain in layman's terms what is nuclear medicine? Um, Nuclear medicine, there's a whole number of different chemicals that are made radioactive and are used in different ways in the body to mostly to try and make diagnoses, so try and find out what's happening. Um, A few of them are used to treat um, cancers, not many cancers. I think thyroid cancer is one, but there's just a few cancers that are used for treatment. Um, What's been distressing in the process uh, is the government's been saying that x-rays are nuclear medicine. They're not. They've been saying that heart scans are nuclear medicine. Well, yes, some heart scans are, but most heart scans are done with ultrasound, which are sound waves. They've implied that everybody with cancer has nuclear medicine, when in fact most cancers are treated with either surgery or radiotherapy, and radiotherapy is not nuclear medicine. Radiotherapy is just intense X-ray beams, um, or chemotherapy, and chemotherapy also is not nuclear medicine. So the the role of nuclear medicine over and over again is being overemphasised. I mean, what they're not saying is that most of the waste that we have currently in Australia is not from nuclear medicine. But if you read the government's uh, information on this, you might find that a surprising fact. They do seem to be going on on and on with the line that if you don't want nucle- if you don't want a waste dump or national waste dump, then you're anti nuclear medicine and you want people to die and you're a terrible terrible person. That seems to be the line they're spinning, and that's not well, it. The the, the um, clear principle is that if this facility doesn't go ahead, it has nothing to do with med- nuclear medicine in Australia. Nuclear medicine will continue in Australia regardless of whether this dump happens or not, um, less than 1% of the existing waste is from nuclear medicine. The Most countries import their nuclear medicine. For instance, America and England import their nuclear medicines. Australia has the choice to do that too. We have a reactor, and that's fine, um, but we chose to have a reactor, and the government's um, continually trying to, to make people feel guilty about this waste facility when, in fact, we know that, as I said, most when you use nuclear medicine in people, it very rapidly loses its radioactivity and it can go into a normal rubbish tip. So nuclear medicine will continue regardless of whether this waste dump goes ahead or not. And the government's emphasis on nuclear medicine is uh, quite out of proportion to the actual 
amount of waste there is relating to nuclear medicine. And the waste coming out of nuclear medicine, would that be um, intermediate level or low-level waste? The waste coming out of nuclear medicine, some of it is both. Some uh-huh. of it is low-level waste, some of it is intermediate level waste. Most of the low-level waste is... I mean, most of the waste is from CSIRO soils and gloves and gowns that are used in research and in nuclear medicine and in other um, fields. Uh, there's some industrial uses. The um, real problem here is actually not the low-level waste. The real problem here is the intermediate-level waste because the facility they're planning is a long way below what world's best standards are. It's um, basically just sticking in the shed and storing it for 100 years. They don't have any long-term disposal plans. And what's really concerning in combination with that is that they want to build a business of exporting uh, nuclear medicine to the world. Now, that's a problem on a number of issues. Why? Because that will markedly increase the amount of intermediate-level waste that comes from nuclear medicine, hugely increase it in the future. Um, The waste that is going to be made um, from this, we'll end up with it in Australia, and as again, they don't have a long-term disposal plan, so ramping up production of intermediate-level waste is going to be a major issue. Um, This waste, as I said, I think said earlier, lasts for 10,000 to 100,000 years, so you need a long-term disposal plan, so to be really massively increasing production. Normally, the Australian nuclear medicine market is about 1% of the world's market. Um, ANSTO has said publicly that it wants to increase to 25 to 30% of the world's market. And that's um, very ambitious and going to leave us with a whole lot of nuclear medicine, nuclear nuclear waste that we don't want. In addition, um, and this is the really crazy bit, making this product for the international market actually loses money. The only way ANSTO can say that it makes money is if they ignore the costs of disposal, if they ignore the costs of insuring a, a nuclear reactor, if they ignore the costs of a number of other factors in in the reactor. Um, so not only are we going to end up with a whole lot of more nuclear waste, intermediate level waste, we're also paying money that should be going into our health system to do so. So it's... it's um, um, very unwise, and we strongly urge for an inquiry so that some proper analysis, proper independent analysis can be done to just say, you know, hang on, just stop, let's do a proper analysis, whereas ANSTO is just pushing and pushing and pushing and, and giving a lot of incorrect information to communities. Why do you think they do want to increase um, to 25% of the world's market? Um, I think ANSTO costs the government... Um, every year it gets over $140 million in subsidies, and on top of that, I think it's another $60 million in losses. So we're paying roughly $200 million a year. ANSTO is trying to justify its own existence. Um, I think, I mean, we do need nuclear medicine. I'm not, I'm not opposed to nuclear medicine in any shape or form. But I think we need to look long and hard at um, what it costs and where we get it from. And I think ANSTO's... Um, business model is to expand, so they want to expand as a business, but they're not doing a whole of cycle costing, so as I said, it's being heavily subsidised by taxpayers, and um, I think it's it's ANSTO wanting to expand its own business, but I don't think they are taking into account the, the bigger picture. Mm, and the bit that upsets me a little bit is that they want to expand their business, but they don't want to store 
or dispose of their own waste. They want to dump it on a remote community, in this case in at the moment, in the Flinders Ranges and in Kimber in the Eyre Peninsula in South Australia. So it seems like they want to produce and produce and produce and then dump, dump what they what the waste they produce on somebody else, which seems like not a very responsible way to manage their product, I think. Um, um, what are the alternatives for um, options for sourcing um, the medical isotopes? Okay. Um, nuclear reactors are pretty unreliable and they have to also shut down for about two months every year um, for servicing because they need to be maintained because they're a high-risk undertaking. So um, when our nuclear reactors shuts down for whatever reason, um, we import... Uh, nuclear medicine from South Africa, we have done for many years. So, well, one option is for Australia to continue with the reactor and to produce its 1% uh, of the world market and supply the Australian market. That's a possibility. One option is for Australia to import nuclear medicine from other countries. And what's interesting is that when the um, Nuclear Energy Agency, which looks at the whole world, um, looks at the picture from 2016, looking as far out as 2022, they say that, in fact, that the world is going to be oversupplied by 2022. There's, there's new production facilities coming on board in Europe, in North America, in South America, and in the Far East. So there's heaps of nuclear medicine coming on board. And so the, the sort of spectre in the past of shortages um, is... is, um, um, is um, clearly false given the projections from the, the world body. Mm. So um, I think it's really important to um, be aware that there are lots of options. The other option that a lot has been quite a bit of talk about has been cyclotrons. Now, with cyclotrons, they're still in development. Um, Canada, which has gone a long way down this track, had an inquiry... Uh, back in 2009, which looked at nuclear waste production, and they decided that it was too expensive for nuclear medicine production. They decided they were getting left with too much waste because they were exporting into the world. They also decided it was costing them too much money. So they're, in fact, closing their reactors this year and wanting to bring in cyclotrons. Cyclotrons are in development. They're not perfect, but um, for technetium, which is the main isotope that's used for imaging um, they've been commercially licensed and they're coming down the track. They're being currently assessed with research, which is normal for any new drug or test. They have to go through um, regulation research to check that it's safe in people. But as it stands, it looks like Canada is going to be do, able to do this in the next couple of years. Um, so just to clarify, what exactly is a cyclotron? Um, a cyclotron is a machine about the size of a four-wheel drive car that um, basically... Uh, spins um, these chemicals so fast that they change their radio their, their makeup, so they become radioactive. But the advantage of cyclotrons is that they don't produce any long-lived nuclear waste. So this is a huge um, advantage over a reactor. Um, and what's interesting is that in nuclear medicine, as I said, there's many chemicals that are used in nuclear medicine, and cyclotron production of nuclear medicines is by far and away the fastest-growing area of nuclear medicine. So there's lots of Lots of these chemicals that we can already produce in cyclotrons and are already being produced around Australia in cyclotrons. It's just the technetium that we need to, that they're still doing research on producing in cyclotrons and, and is underway in testing actively in Canada. And what's prohibiting ANSTO from developing some sort of 
cyclotron aspect to their business model? Um, I think ASO does have some cyclotrons um, under its control. Um, and what was an interesting outcome of the um, South Australian um, Royal Commission was that they were recommending that more be done in terms of cyclotron research in Australia. Um, what it needs is for um, research to be funded and some of the cyclotrons around Australia that already exist, some of them would need to be um, upgraded so that they could then be used to produce this technetium. Um, I think uh, ANSTO planned um, some years ago that this was that the reactor-based model was what they were going to pursue and they have built their plans. I don't think it's open quite yet. It's about to open. Mm -hmm. So they sort of cast their die quite a long time ago and I think they're not prepared to change even though it looks like that the course that they've chosen is, is both expensive and going to leave it with a lot more intermediate level waste. Particularly when it's been produced in other parts of the world and the market's going to be more competitive from what you are saying. It doesn't seem... Well, it's, it, according to the um, New Energy Agency projections, it's probably going to be a glut by 2022. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Dr. Margaret Beavis from MAPWAT, the Medical Association for the Prevention of War, about nuclear medicine in Australia and how it's not dependent on a national radioactive waste management facility, despite what the federal government would have you believe. So what do you see as the way forward? Um, again, um, I want to be absolutely clear in case any of your listeners have been hearing the government say that I'm opposed to nuclear medicine because I've said that at public meetings. That's not true. I'm a GP and I use nuclear medicine. Um, I think the way forward is to have an inquiry, to stop the expansion of production at ANSTO. So say to, say to ANSTO, you know, hold your horses. Let's do some proper research. Let's do some analysis. Let's get some transparency here because there's no financial transparency. There's no clear business model from ANSTO. Um, so let's just stop. Let's get them to some financial reporting, some reporting on how much waste they've got, how much waste they're planning for the future, what actual disposal um, criteria they have, because good quality disposal is essential if you're going to be producing something as toxic as mm -hmm. this nuclear waste. As I said, it remains toxic for 10,000 to 100,000 years. So we can't just produce it willy-nilly and then say, oops, now we've got it. We need to have a plan. So what we are calling for um, is for stop, have an inquiry, look at all these things, weigh up the facts, look at the alternatives and, and then decide what to do. But this, this um, current process is really quite irresponsible. It's just going to mean that communities, the communities that get this facility, they've been all sold on the basis of the low-level waste. What they really should be worried about is this intermediate-level waste and the quantity of intermediate-level waste that the government is planning for the future. Exactly, because it's interim, above-ground storage for an indefinite time with no plan to move it, as far as I've heard, anyway. Um, yeah, they're saying for 100 years, you only have to look at the waste that went to Woomera a few decades ago, it's already leaking. Mm. Um, and they've had tried to do clean-ups at Maralinga on several occasions, and they've failed. I don't think the government has a good record in terms of once something's dumped on the community, they don't actually have a very good record of being able to tidy it up or clean it up or even look after it and keep it safe. Precisely. So you know, yeah. Yeah, um, and, and there, we have been told that there is room at Lucas Heights to keep it for a while, so there seems no sensible reason to push it on a community that's thousands of kilometres away without the infrastructure, without the security, without the trained personnel, um, when it could be left at Lucas Heights until a proper plan is made for long-term storage or permanent disposal. 
But they need long-term disposal, there's no question, and they need to do it with world's best practice. Absolutely. And I think the, really, the take-home message is that nuclear medicine is not going to stop whether this dump goes ahead or not. Mm. I mean, nuclear medicine in Australia will continue and will not be affected and your families will not... People will not be um, harmed medically by whether this um, facility goes ahead or not. What we need is proper planning instead of a really rushed job mm. for a second-rate facility. There seems to be a little bit of um, misinformation coming out of the government, who are the proponents of the waste dump proposal. Um, have you got anything to say about that misinformation or any examples of it at all? Um, well, well, there's plenty. I mean, as, <laughs> as I outlined at the beginning, there's yeah. so much. Um, they, they've said in the past, they've said things like, you know, if you have an X-ray or a heart scan or if you've had cancer, you've had nuclear medicine, well, that's clearly false. Um they said at a public meeting recently in Kimber that uh, myself, as a GP, and more laughably, um, Dr. Peter Karamoskis was opposed to nuclear medicine. When Peter Karamoskis is a very senior um, nuclear medicine physician. All he does all day, every day, is nuclear medicine, and yet they're trying to say that someone who does nuclear medicine all day, every day, is opposed to nuclear medicine. Well, it's, it's, it's like saying, I know, a postman's opposed to the mail. It's stupid. <laughs> um, anyway, they don't seem to have any common sense in terms of the claims they make. So I think, I think you just have to be very clear to people that there is time. There's no rush on this decision. That um, the facility they're proposing is really second rate. Um, it's not good enough for the intermediate level waste, and that the intermediate level waste is what they should be worried about. Um, and that the the Plans to increase the production of intermediate level waste need to be stopped so that we can just pause, keep going with the domestic production if you wish to, but look at what the options are. Look at whether we should be looking to cyclotron manufacture. Look at whether we should be using taxpayers' money to, to send nuclear medicine internationally and get left with all the intermediate level waste. I, I think there's a lot to... There are many questions that need to be answered. And um, In fact, at Kimbo we offered to appear on the same platform as the government so that we can have a debate, so that we can have a factual debate about what what the truth thing about what they're saying is. And they've refused they refuse to be on the same platform, which is fairly telling, I think. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I was at that public meeting in Kimber and they had a representative from um, Ansto, they had uh, someone from Charleston University and they had someone from Rio Tinto and, the, and they were just talking about how fabulous and wonderful and important nuclear medicine is and they were actually ignoring the issue of we have this waste, it needs to be dealt with responsibly and, what, and why should the Kimber community in that particular example be responsible for the whole of Australia's radioactive waste. They were ignoring that and the community were asking very intelligent, very informed questions and from my perspective, they didn't really have any good answers for it. They were just pushing the line with their blinkers on that if you don't have this fabulous nuclear medicine, which no one is dis um, disputing, that um, people will die and you need the waste dump to facilitate that. So, yeah, and the communities are calling for um, exactly what you were saying, having people um, with your arguments and people from the government all in the same room at the same time so they can ask those questions and have people on both sides of the argument together and the government don't seem to be willing to have a, a debate kind of situation so the communities can make informed decisions, um, which yeah, is I worrying. It's, um, yes, it's, it's, it's actually... Um, 
very depressing when government departments come out with a lot of false information. I don't know why I'm surprised, but I have an underlying faith that government should be giving us truthful information. It's very disappointing when it, they're behaving like this. It's really, you lose a lot of confidence. It is, it is just when they're avoiding the issue, like, of mm. how do we deal with this waste that's radioactive for yeah. so many yeah. years yeah. responsibly? Yeah. We can't, yeah. we can't yeah. wish it and away. What, we can only deal with it well. Yeah, and what they're proposing as a as a storage is really well below world's best practice. It's not good enough. What would be better, do you think? Apart from, or well, is that what would come uh, up uh, in an uh, inquiry? With, with all toxic waste, with all toxic waste, the first step is to reduce production. If you've got highly toxic waste, you should look at reducing production, which is why the Australian government should be partnering with the Canadians and looking into cyclotron research more actively because in the future that will be the way of the future. Hmm. But given the waste that we have, the current best practice is what... I mean, the, the South Australians should know about this because those um, intermediate... Those, those very deep underground dumps that were going around when South Australia was proposing to import nuclear waste, the ones in, in Finland that have taken sort of decades to develop and will take tens of millions, if not billions, in fact, will take a great deal of money to develop... That's the world's best practice in terms of storing this highly toxic waste. And so deep, very, very deep underground disposal is the current best practice. But the real best practice with any toxic waste, certainly dispose of what you've got, but the next thing is to look long and hard at how to avoid making more. That sounds completely logical and reasonable, I think. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered, Margie? Um, no, really, really two things, just that I would be happy to come to South Australia and appear on a, on a, um, at a meeting, um, with government people there, because I think, um, it would be good to have a debate, and I'm certainly happy to do that. And the second thing is to say again that we need to stop and have an inquiry and work out the best way forward, not rush into this process where there's going to be sort of they're, they're really sort of emotionally blackmailing communities by saying, you know, nuclear medicine will stop if you if you don't let us put the waste here. Uh, there are much better ways to do it and there's no rush. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you, Margie. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been really helpful oh, having you. you clarify that all that information because <laughs> the government's, uh, well, telling kind of furfies. Um, so thank you very much for your time today. <laughs> Um, and we'll speak to you in the future and hopefully you will get that opportunity to do what both communities in the Flinders and in Kimber are calling for and that is have an informed discussion and debate with people from both sides there at the same place at the same time. It shouldn't be too much that for them to really ask. Good. You want to do it, the yep. communities want you to do it, so it's just the government that's um, standing yep. in the way at this point. So hopefully that will come about shortly. Thank you so much Thanks. for your time. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you, Margie. Thanks, Mara. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much to Dr Margaret Beavis from MAPWAT, the Medical Association for the Prevention of War, for explaining nuclear medicine and how we don't need a national radioactive waste facility in order to provide it to the patients that need it. If you'd like more information, MAPWA's website is mapw.org.au. We do not need a nuclear dump to continue to have access to nuclear medicine in Australia. The absence of a national dump has not harmed nuclear medicine and the establishment of one won't help it. No Australian will miss out on access to nuclear medicine if the waste continues to be managed at Lucas Heights. 
The fact is that we have radioactive waste that needs to be managed for thousands of years. It's a shame that the federal government is trying to rush through site selection and using what appears to be emotional blackmail saying that we need a dump for nuclear medicine rather than slowing down and having a fair and responsible public review of the full range of options for waste management. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at 3cr.org.au slash radioactive. We'll post relevant links from this show on our Facebook page and website. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced in the studios of 3CR with support from Friends of the Earth's Ace Nuclear Free Collective on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues. We'll end today's show with a song called Start Thinking. It's by Adelaide Heartland rock band Moss, who write about political and social issues of concern, and this one is about the dumping of nuclear waste.
Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.